Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about confronting and developing employees. And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Charles Brewer, who's the Director of Public Works at, uh, gosh, you know what, I have Director of Public Works and I have Red Oaks, Texas. <laughs> That's it. And I'm assuming the name of the organization is the City of Red Oaks? Correct. All right. Thanks for being with us, Charles. Thank you. Yes. And also on the line, we have Valerie Wright, Director of Organization Development with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Thank you, Valerie, for being on the line. Hi, Dr. G. Thank you. Yes. Um, I also want to invite each of you in our listening audience to join in on the conversation by either emailing input to us or uh, calling. And you can email me at Dr. G, it's dr. Dot, just the letter G, at InnoVisions, I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S dot org, or call us at one eight six six. Four seven two five seven nine zero, and I know we've already received two um, email messages with call with uh, questions, and I'll look forward to um, responding, Connie, to your question as well as we have one other person who requested that we not uh, disclose their name, but we definitely have your question, and we'll be um, reading it on the air and uh, responding to it as well. Charles and Valerie, before we get started, can I ask each of you? Uh, to just share a little bit about yourself so that our listeners have somewhat of a perspective or somewhat of an understanding of the perspective that each of you bring. And, Charles, why don't we start with you? Okay. Um, my name is Charles Brewer. I have been in city municipal government for over 20 years, at which 15 of those years I've actually had the opportunity to be a director of public works for four different cities, uh, two in Texas, Forest Hill, Texas, and currently in Red Oak, Texas. I had the opportunity to be a director at College Park, Georgia, and Safety Harbor, Florida. As a uh, director of public works, I am the manager over the city streets, parks, water distribution, water collection, uh, trash operation, plan review, and etc. Uh, I'm actually a a graduate of Prairie View A&M University, where I obtained a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering. Uh, my professional affiliations would be with the National Forum for Black Public Administrators, the American Public Works Association, and Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. All right. Well, Charles, it is uh, wonderful to have you on the line. Thank you so much for joining us, and we appreciate the um, depth of knowledge and experience that you bring to our call today. Glad to be back. Yes. And Ms. Valerie, want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I have uh, about 20 years, a little over 20 years as a nonprofit executive from actually being an executive director of several small nonprofits in Palm Beach County, one of which was a faith-based organization, led a countywide organizing and community planning initiative in in Palm Beach County as well. Uh, I have had my own in, um, consulting firm providing nonprofit consulting as well as small business startup, um, have a degree in journalism and public relations, uh, 
am completing a master's in organization development, um, has done both internal and external OD consulting, currently uh, serving in uh, internal OD role here at Neighborhood House, providing coaching to um, managers, supervisors, and employees for uh, line staff, uh, as well as supporting other change and system initiatives um, and cultural change within the organization. So just basically a nonprofit, mostly nonprofit, has some corporate experience as well. Wonderful. Well, Valerie, it's always a pleasure to actually have you on this side of the radio show. Thank you, Dr. G. <laughs> Valerie is also the associate producer for um, Leadership Matters, and so sometimes we get these topics, Valerie, that are just perfect for you, and so I always welcome us being able to have these conversations with our listening audience as well. So thank you so much thank for your flexibility. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, Charles, I am uh, thinking maybe we might start with you and just ask you to share a time when either you were confronted or you had to confront someone about performance. Okay, that has happened uh, quite frequently at my level as a director of public works. Working with the city government, we have um, in our personnel policies progressive discipline type levels of how we are um, trying to guide ourselves in helping employees to uh, correct problems or even better themselves, as we said, through performance. Um, At one of my uh, tenures, I had an employee who just wasn't seemingly keeping up with the other guys. We started getting complaints from some of the other employees that this particular employee wasn't keeping up with uh, the workload. Um, So we started getting some bitterness between employees that they thought one guy was getting treated better than the other. So what came out of it is through our progressive discipline type process and a personnel manager and personnel personnel uh, policy manual, we um, brought the employee in and um, at my level there are actually uh, another level of supervisory management underneath me. Uh, we brought both his supervisor and him in. And at first it just started out as a general um, open floor discussion about uh, what uh, the perception of his work performance uh, had been. Um, this allowed him an opportunity to at least share his side of the story so it just wouldn't be a he say, she say type um, situation. So uh, after the employee explained um, uh, his side of it and what he felt, uh, we were able to see that there were a few things that we could do better, uh, and it included um, trying to provide some better equipment, it, it, uh, trying to provide him some additional assistance, trying to team him up with uh, maybe another employee that had a little more experience and knowledgeable in the area that he was working in. And we told him we was going to do these things for him, and then we also let him know that uh, if he had any issues, concerns, even with the supervisory level employees over him that, uh, you know, he always had an open door to come talk to the uh, construction superintendent or even me as director just so we could have an open dialogue of what was going on. Then we we had the option we could have put him on some uh, a written work performance type um, task and thus we monitor him, but 
we went on and just kept everything verbal. We was trying to assist the employee in not creating a paperwork file on him because we didn't view the level of of the issue of being that dramatic that we had to document it. So we did it informally. Uh, we brought the employee in back as, in another three months. We sat down. We told him what we observed. Uh, in his case, we actually complimented him on it. It looks like it had been definitely a, a turnaround. And um, and then we met with him again in six months uh, just to uh, final out that particular issue. And he was glad to have an open door up the chain of command and not just hear a situation from his fellow employees. Another thing that we did uh, that wasn't directly a personnel related with him, we actually brought everybody in and just had a general conversation about the full expectation of the department and what their what our responsibilities and their responsibilities were with different job tests. So it actually helped us all to better understand because we had some employees that had been here for 10 or 15 years that had been just used to doing the things the same old way, not necessarily looking at the big picture, just only doing what they were expected to do. And some of the younger employees were coming in and they were more so mirroring what uh, they had seen. And they also didn't want to necessarily step themselves out of that box and be viewed as uh, somebody who was trying to hustle or suck up to management. So it just allowed us to be closer together. Uh, one of the things we also uh, undertook uh, in my office is just to make sure we have at least quarterly department-wide meetings so we can all get together and talk about uh, issues, whether it's personnel-related or, or performance-related. Um, we also be sure that uh, from my level we communicate regularly with employees about what's going on and, as I said earlier, what's the big picture of what's happening out there, what what perception is being seen about what we do or how we do it or how we can make things better. So okay. that particular situation turned out pretty good, but it's yeah. primarily through open communication. Okay, great. And, Charles, I'm going to go back and um, just have you think in retrospect as you um, reflect on that situation. What happened in that situation? What happened in the interactions that were either hurtful or helpful? Um, you know, what would you, what do you take from that as the key things that you engaged in uh, that either hurt or helped? It sounds like in your case it really helped um, the situation. Yeah, uh, I guess I can talk about both helping and hurting. I guess hurting-wise is I guess we didn't necessarily address it sooner in that employee's process. Um, we did more so just treat him as an adult, you know, just did an assumption that he should be able to do this task without really sitting down with him and finding out what he could or could not do. So, you know, that was the, the negative part on it. But like I said, mostly the positive part um, is allowing that open communication for him to tell his side, for us to tell our expectations, and then getting everybody together as a team and communicating openly what the full um, expectations or, or mandates were to be. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Charles. Valerie, any thoughts get triggered for you as Charles told that story? Yeah, I think uh, he said something that I think is key, and that is communication. Uh, it has to be consistent, and um, it's key to how you manage employees' performance, whether good or bad, communication is the key, and I think the other is when there is uh, poor or declining performance, it is having that conversation sooner rather than later, 
because it impacts not only the employee who's having a performance issue, but the rest of the organization in terms of his colleagues and how that impacts the perspective on the organization. Okay, wonderful. And I really um, liked the lesson learned, Charles, as relates to um, taking the time to assess on the front end, kind of managing on the front end where the person is and discerning uh, what they need as relates to direction or support mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. that we properly set people up for success to begin with. I thought that's, that's a nice Let, let me add one other thing that's unfortunate. I think what Valerie said is sometimes mm-hmm. we as managers don't do these kind of things until – uh, after the fact or not until that employee has had his next one-year anniversary mm-hmm. and thus we've allowed them to take that wrong track during that entire period of time. So mm-hmm. I, I think it would really behoove all managers if they could not just necessarily wait for that yearly evaluation but try to take a little more um, ownership in the entire operation to meet with their employees and let them actually know what you're hearing or what, what you're seeing in order to help the finished product uh, come out more productive. Yeah, very good. So we're going to actually put a a comma there um, with the notation on what Valerie um, echoed, and and I think very nicely said with regards to communication being the key. And, um, Charles, you're saying it needs to be ongoing. And so we'll come back um, after a short commercial break with more on Leadership Matters and Confronting and Developing Employees. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are there any challenges to your success? You already have what it takes to turn these challenges into results in any area. Find out more when you tune in to The Power of Realism, Why Integrity Matters, with host Jeffrey Canavan. We all deal with adversity and challenges in life and business. We'll talk with those individuals who have faced these challenges and turned them into success stories. By making just a few shifts in your thinking, you too can be one of these success stories. The Power of Realism airs live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. With us today, we have Charles Brewer, the Director of Public Works with the City of Red Oaks in Texas. Uh, Charles, thanks for staying with us. No problem. Thank you. And then also with us is Valerie Wright, our Associate Producer of Leadership Matters, as well as the Director of Organization Development at the Neighborhood House Association. Valerie, thank you for being on this side of the line today. <laughs> thank you, Dr. G. Always a pleasure. Yes. <laughs> Why don't we start this segment off? Uh, we're talking about confronting and developing employees. Valerie, I'm thinking about having you just maybe share your thoughts on ways problematic performance can be dealt with before it becomes a real problem for the individual, the team, or the organization. Uh, I think the first thing, and it goes back to something Charles mentioned earlier, and that is dealing with it, intervening early on. Um, when you see it, you need to say it. The employee need to know that it's something's happening, um, and then begin to support the employee in knowing that it exists. Um, calling the behavior or attitude or performance issue out, and then communicating with the employee very early before it escalates, before it's beyond even the fact that the employee is aware of it. Um, Our role as supervisors, managers, leaders is to constantly um, conversate and talk with employees, help them know whether it's good or bad where they are with their performance, with their behavior. Uh, Charles also said earlier, it's not the annual review. That's not the time to do it. Uh, It's an ongoing process. I think that's critical. And I think we have to demonstrate that we care and are concerned about employees so that when they begin to experience issues, they will come to us. Um, They will help us get out in front of an issue because they um, know that we are concerned about their performance and want them to be successful. And uh, as supervisors, managers, we need to create a team and a spirit of we are on the same team. Uh, and then, of course, there's always, um, when it comes up, be solution-focused. Don't judge the employee. Uh, work with them on how do you, how can we resolve this What do you think you can do? What do you need to do? How can I support you in getting it done? I think those things early on keep problems from becoming huge organization team issues. Wonderful. Thank you, Valerie. Charles, anything you'd like to add? I guess what was um, kind of going around in my mind, uh, I guess, is sharing uh, an honest, open card. Uh, I have lost two jobs in my 20-year career, mm-hmm. at which time I had no idea it was coming. Mm-hmm. I had no indication whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I guess I wanted to flag that, you know, we talk about what we need to do as managers, but, you know, that goes up just as well, mm-hmm. that uh, you can be blindsided, you could be thinking you're doing the correct job, but because you're not told that there are concerns, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, your position can be terminated and particularly when you get into these top-level management positions, a lot of times you aren't taken through the progressive um, 
line of uh, progressiveness from a verbal to a written to a suspension or a termination. They just walk in and say, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we all have to take our blinders off to realize it could happen to any of us. Absolutely. And you, ha- and you have to try to, particularly if you know supervisors level, um, be strong enough and, and, and not timid or reluctant and go talk to your bosses periodically yourself and even ask the question, you know, how am I doing? Are we on the same page? Anything that you feel that I need to do? And, you know, be sure you, you know, document yourself. But I wanted to share that, that don't think it's just happening in the trenches. It Absolutely. can happen in upper level management and up. Oh. Absolutely. No, and I appreciate your um, bringing that up, Charles, because that is uh, such a reality for each of us. And it's such a disservice when um, someone is blindsided and they have not been told with regard to the need to do something different. Right. right. And um, and I think sometimes even, and I think it's a two-way thing. I think it's asking, um, you know, how am I doing? But then the person also being really willing to provide that feedback. Right. And so presenting ourselves in a way where people will uh, feel like they can approach us and give us feedback is certainly important. And um, for us to that are in positions of, you know, adding to that decision-making process to really be able to provide the feedback. I've seen so many employees through the course of their um, careers feel stuck or, or be derailed, mm-hmm. and a lot of it um, could have been avoided had they received some feedback or had mm-hmm. they actually been open to um, responding to the feedback, because sometimes we get the feedback and then we put it on the back burner and we didn't hear it. Um, but I think that communication kind of gets underscored in both situations. Charles, you said something about progressive um, disciplinary process, and I know that for for many of us, those of us who sit at the top of the organizations, progressive is <laughs> they wake mm-hmm. up and decide to get rid of us. We don't always mm-hmm. have that, right. that that luxury of progression. But for those who are um, in the process of, um, or you say, are in situations where they're actually working with staff that are represented by unions or um, best practices mm-hmm. um, for their um, staff would be a progressive disciplinary process when it's performance-based. Now, obviously, if it's misconduct, that's a whole different story. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's performance-based, you know, I always like to advocate for the supervisor owning their role as coach mm-hmm. and making sure that the employee has an opportunity to improve performance through either them providing coaching or them providing the person with someone, be it a peer or an actual coach or, again, the supervisor, but coaching them up. And when mm-hmm. coaching hasn't been successful, notifying them, be it, as you talked about in your example, that oral counseling mm-hmm or progressing to the written counseling or a development plan, and then beginning to transition them out if it looks like it's just simply not going to be a good fit. The person's not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of put that process out there. Uh, Dr. G, I think uh-huh. a, another thing, too, and this probably would have been good in your case, Charles, when you bring employees on or onboard them, they need a comprehensive orientation in terms of expectation, the organization, the culture. How do you... Um, maneuver and and become successful in the environment. And that doesn't always happen, especially at manager, director, and above level. That's right. There are some assumptions made that because you are at this level that you can manage and you can, you know, do what you need to do. But it's incumbent on the uh, existing leadership when you bring others in to help them be successful by doing that process of onboarding. That is you know, very comprehensively supporting them in coming into the organization. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah, because particularly at that level within the organization, it's the um, you have the politics, quite frankly, and the politics yeah. is really about how do you influence. And I say politics, and mm-hmm. you know, so you got to figure out how do I influence in a way that's going to be effective. Mm-hmm. and um, not going to necessarily get me thrown off the bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you talk about it a lot, Dr. G, and that is, you know, how do you uh, do what you need to do and stay in partnership with your peers and colleagues? Mm-hmm. And that often is a derailer. If you are needing to get things done and you can't maintain the par- partnership with those who are at your level, mm-hmm. uh, that puts you in a vulnerable position. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm going to go on and read uh, one of our callers, uh, or say one of our emailers' email messages that was sent. Uh, this was someone who said they did not want to be identified, but they work in public sector, and uh, they said, "I am now supervising persons who were peers." Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge even to begin with. Um, my requests for information are being treated as optional. It always seems that I am getting more pushback. Needless to say, when white and African-American males were in the position, there, were no, uh, there was no pushback. I am becoming frustrated and really want to engage in unprofessional behavior, like cursing out my staff. <laughs> Not sure it would make a difference, but today it sure would feel good. <laughs> and then they say, P.S., I work for local government. Um, where there are furloughs, no raises, no step increases, bonuses or incentives, there are no rewards for good performance and no real consequences for poor performance. Um, Valerie or Charles, any thoughts you might give this person who's uh, submitted this uh, statement? Mm, all I can say is, mm, I guess <laughs> Valerie, I guess let me start a little bit. Okay. Um, she walked into a a situation that the deck of cards were already stacked against her. Um, and in my opinion, anytime you have that jump from being a co-worker to becoming that uh, supervisor, you are probably going to be looking at some uh, some some dissension or jealousy or just some people just not liking what's going on. But the reality of it is probably everybody there had an opportunity to apply for that job, whether they wanted to or not. Or, But you got the job, and that's just part of life that you have to realize that uh, you're going to have, as we call it, the haters out there. But you're there to do a job, and you've got to realize that, bottom line, your new supervisor is going to hold you accountable and he's going to actually see whether or not you can fill those shoes on being that supervisor over your being that supervisor over your previous coworkers. So, with you realizing that you had that task and you are being evaluated uh, to whether or not you're going to continue your job or or be reassigned and 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 do something else, you have to step up the plate and just realize it is time that you take control of your organization. Um, the reality of what she's feeling is is very understandable. Uh, even my opinion when she feels that um, do I need to stop? No, go music. on. Okay. Oh, whether I didn't you, hear it. Yes. Whether, so do, go on or stop? Uh, go on. I don't hear it. I don't have okay. an indicator. Whether you um, her her feeling about the white and even African American males being treated different, uh, 
her organization may have that mentor mentality that uh, that's who they have viewed in the past have been their leaders. But definitely today's ch- times have changed. You have a lot of women in leadership positions all over the United States. There are leaders. Okay, so Charles, actually, I will go on and put a comma okay. right there. And I actually have some thoughts on that, too. And Valerie, you may have some thoughts as well. Uh, so yes. we're going to take a um, brief commercial break. And when we return, we will um, speak a little bit more about this person's email message. And then we also received one from Connie. Connie will be talking about your message as well next. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Noska provides those of you eager to invest well in real estate with the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus is to help you maximize your real estate investment dollars. Listen live to the brightest minds in investment real estate every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Noska, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about... Confronting and Developing Employees. And Charles, before we went to break, you were just, uh, I think, winding down on your thoughts from our anonymous um, email that came in. Any additional thoughts? Yeah, I was just really trying to lead that, uh, you know, years have uh, given us some progression. We have not overcome, but uh, particularly with municipal city government, it had been a very male-dominated type uh, good old boy system who had been up in charge and times have changes where uh, women have been placed into these management positions so this particular caller need to realize that bottom line it, the ball's in her court and she needs to take control and and do the best she can it might step on a few toes just be careful how she walks but she has to let her employees know that she is the new uh, chief the new operating officer there 
and you know let the employees know that she doesn't plan on going anywhere and that uh, honestly that she's going to be there to cooperatively work with them but if there are problems then those employees need to make a decision whether or not they want to continue under her you know leadership okay so i'm gonna put a, a period there and transition to Ms. valerie and hear your view on that and i have some thoughts um also on this topic mm-hmm. and i'm not going to say from a from a woman's perspective but i'll say <laughs> from a different perspective <laughs> okay, Valerie, um, i've actually been in this uh situation and i think i would say to our caller our um questioner the first thing is um it's dangerous to start making up stories about why people are responding to you that way. I think this is always difficult when a person is elevated, quote-unquote, above their peers. So their emotions involved, their questions people are asking themselves, why didn't I get it or why is she and how is she going to be and you know my secrets and what have you. And I think... The focus need to be on how do I build a team with those who want to go forward and um, begin looking at ways um, to build the team and, um, you know, what kind of interventions do you need an outside facilitator to uh, come in and begin to bridge what the issues are, answer questions, be transparent, um, and then move forward and those who are still pushing back or in opposition they have to be dealt with as charles said um in terms of their behavior not the person not what you think they're saying or feeling but with behaviors and attitudes because those things you can see and those are real those are the facts and that's what you have to deal with the stories that we make up keep us spinning in a negative space so if you can do some team-building activities, uh, even if you have to lead them and can't afford an outside facilitator. That would be the first way to get everybody on the same page and then, be, you know, hold people accountable for requests you make, give them time frames, clear expectations. If those are not met, then you go to, as Charles talked about, a progressive discipline process so people understand you mean business. You can do it with grace, as Dr. G always said, but you need to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And I'm just going to add a, just a nickel to this conversation because <laughs> it seems like the real frustration is coming from this sentence from the sentence that reads, my request for information are being treated as optional. It also seems like I'm getting more pushback. Um, so what I would um, ask our our questioner to, to really kind of think about is um, what's happening to where it seems as if you're not getting the information that you need as it relates to, when you say your requests are being treated as optional, I'm thinking that um, maybe you're requesting something and it either sometimes coming to you and sometimes it's not. There's an inconsistency in the response. And so the, so the, um, so kind of going to where Valerie is, it's the behavior of you're getting what it is you need to get needs to be delivered. And so making sure you're clear and communicating what's needed um, and then getting pushback um, I think it's your being clear on what you need to be clear on with regards to getting what it is you, you want. And um, and then even debriefing with 
your supervisor options because to some extent I'm also read into this that maybe there's some working around, going around, some not of acceptance of your position. Um, and so it's making sure that you have um, – that your objective with regards to that your requests that you're requesting are reasonable requests. You're confirming that, yep, this is within my authority to do this. I'm new in this position. I want to make sure that I'm clear about what I have the authority to request and do and expect. And then you're being clear with regards to um, if that is within certainly within your um, authority, then to execute that in a way that is gracious yet clear and set up some consequences so that um, you can expect movement on what it is you need to expect movement on. Um, I think Valerie's absolutely right with regards to not making up the stories about why it's not happening as much as focusing on what you feel needs to happen and being clear about the, uh, communicating the expectation and being clear about following up on the expectation in a way that is um, professional and has a reasonable consequences if you're not getting the action taken that needs to be taken. Right. That's my two cents and dime on that. Any yeah, one more comment. Uh, one more I comment. heard you say something about uh, the caller talking about her organization, no furloughs, no raises, um, no good performance incentives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say for municipal governments, that's happening everywhere. Uh, tax revenues aren't coming in at the same as they had in the past, so governments are having to try to to do more with less. So what you have to realize is understand where your organization is. If it's going to those extremities, they could take another extremity of dealing with layoffs. And thus, you deal, you understand the, the hand you have been dealt. And if you're seeing that that's the reality, that the ship is going down, you ought to be proactive and get your resume out there and float it around while you're not necessarily hurting or being pushed to that door itself. Realize what's there. Realize is it a hand that you can play or whether or not you need to move on yourself. And it's not being, it's not that you are a loser or you're going to uh, be looked at. You have to look at yourself, and that might be the best, best picture uh, overall is to um, take your experience somewhere that is, it is appreciative. Okay, and, and I'm going to just um, add another little comma to Charles and maybe say also relative to the environment not being, uh, one might say, encouraging, don't let that make your space not encouraging because right. as the leader in that environment, you can create that pocket of, of positivity. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not happening someplace else, empower yourself to say, okay, how can I actually appreciate those things that should be appreciated as relates to the good performance and as relates to those things that, um, you know, are welcomed. So we don't always have to take on what we were experiencing in the broader organization without feeling a sense of empowerment over our area. So yeah, you said exactly. I can't think where I read it from, but there was a story about a castle that was all dark and gloomy, mm-hmm. but it was one particular room that had the brightest light ever, mm-hmm. and that light could be that individual that are shining within their own organization. Right, mm-hmm. right. So absolutely, feel empowered yeah. to create that pocket of excellence and that pocket of encouragement. I'm going to read Connie's um, question that we received as well, our statement. I have a difficult time with employees that present with passive oppositional behavior. They tend to play a shell game and appear to take advantage of any hole in the system. Um, And when I feel confident that all holes are plugged up, it comes across that I'm not a team player or I'm too aggressive and unsupportive. My management style is more like a servant leadership style, and my supervisor is more dictatorial. It is 
it is implied that I need to move his way, should I? How can I find the balance without changing my personality? <laughs> okay, hmm. thoughts for Connie. Hmm. hmm. Valerie, you going to start? I guess if you put me out there. <laughs> um, but, well, the first thing is um, I think you have to be who you are authentically regardless to who and how your supervisor is. Um, what you do have to um, pay attention to probably um, is how you are presenting to your staff um, when you say you're a servant leader, and I'm, I'm conjuring up some things that that might look like, and it may be not so much that you're not um, being clear, but maybe you're not being um, as firm and holding people as accountable as you should. Um, I don't think anybody should be dictatorial in their leadership style. Uh, I think leaders are, our role is to coach and support and undergird employees in um, meeting performance and being successful. So uh, absolutely not in terms of being dictatorial. But I do think uh, in terms of trying to understand um, you can't go to aggressive and unsupportive, um, you've you've got to figure out why uh, they have that perspective of you in terms of your style. And it might be conversation. Just talk with your team members and try to understand what it is they think they need to do um, or they're trying to achieve with their behaviors, and it might help you understand better how to manage and deal with them. Okay. And Charles, thank you, Valerie. Charles, I, I guess – I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, guess, I was I guess, just asking any thoughts, Charles. I'm sorry about that. Okay, no problem. I guess <laughs> one of the things uh, I'm going to start with um, that employee with their supervisor who is dictatorial. Uh, again, I talk about at least that she has recognized um, the management style of the person uh, mm -hmm. above her. Uh, does she have to move that way? She needs to lean that way. It still doesn't have to be dictatorial, but still understand that somebody is going to be evaluating her on the finished product. So it doesn't have to be dictatorial. You just have to have uh, maybe they view that she needs to be stronger mm -hmm. um, um, in her approach with her team. But um, she, ha she has, to, has to be careful. It doesn't sound like a... Um, totally safe situation, especially mm -hmm. if somebody is not mm -hmm. viewing that she's going in the direction that they want her to go. But then again, as I talked about earlier, recognize the cards that you have been given. Mm -hmm. Try to make the shining light in your room, but if you realize that it's not workable, uh, don't necessarily wait till they put all the nails in the coffin for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So, absolutely. And Charles, you said something with regards to maybe not being a safe environment. Mm -hmm. um, anytime I see shell games and uh, passing on it, it raises a flag to me that there's a lot of blaming because blaming is the transferring of responsibility. Right. And so when you're living in an organization where it's blame storming, typically what happens is something's not happening and what's happening is the conversation becomes who, who should own this. Right. And so if, if she can transition that energy from blame storming into really focusing on brainstorming solutions so that it becomes really how do we get to happen, what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And no one has to feel as if they are being blamed, mm -hmm. uh, but everyone's being asked to become part of the solution. Mm -hmm. It can create a safer space for people to navigate in and to contribute to. 
right. and to kind of begin to be to accept some ownership for pieces versus mm-hmm. it being, you know, why didn't this happen versus what do we need to do so that in the future this happens? And so the mm-hmm. focus becomes on the future. The focus becomes on the vision of what needs to happen and on brainstorming solutions versus brainstorming what didn't take place. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. So. Great. Uh, we're going to actually um, come back after taking a brief commercial break, and I really want to talk more about some specifics, uh, Charles and Valerie, with regards to once performance challenges have been identified, um, you know, what are some options for dealing with those um, challenges and really developing employees? Mm-hmm. So we'll take a break and come back and talk a little bit more about that. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network when you are trying to establish your financial plan there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs how do you manage all of it to find a plan that'll work for you tune in to the insightful investor with bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about confronting and developing employees and Helping us have that conversation today is Charles Brewer, Director of Public Works with the City of Red Oaks in Texas. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for being on the line today. Always a pleasure. And Ms. Valerie Wright, 
Director of Organization Development at the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Thank you also, Valerie. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes. I want to transition a little bit and talk about uh, ways to support and develop employees and maybe even push through resistance if one encounters um, resistance in that process. Charles or Valerie, either of you start us off with thoughts relative to that. I'll start, Charles. Okay, appreciate that. <laughs> okay, um, I I think uh, it depends on is what you well, just in a general way in supporting employees um, and developing them. One is just uh, being a manager who knows how to coach. Um, I think that's a critical tool um, to be able to have a two-way com- communication with employees so that we can uh, support them and um, help them understand how they can improve their own performance. Um, Being able to work with an employee, uh, understanding what their talents and gifts and what they bring to the organization, and making sure we put them in the right role. When we put people in positions that really aren't their best and doesn't, uh, quote-unquote, play to their strength, then we are not putting them in a position to be successful. And so I think that's important to help support them. And then get them the training um, that they need so that they have um, the skills because a lot of times attitude and behavior comes because people can't perform and so they act out kind of like children. When they are not able to perform, they uh, deflect from the performance by their behavior and attitude. So I think, you know, supporting employees and putting employees on a a development plan and not necessarily because they aren't performing well, but asking them, helping them look to the future in terms of their own career and position and growth. Then they have this vision and something that they're moving toward. uh, So that helps in terms of their performance. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you, Ms. Valerie. Mm -hmm. And how about Charles, your thoughts? Well, um, I'm still speaking from a municipal government uh, approach. If you have training monies available, send your employees to these different uh, training opportunities. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even necessarily have to be directly in your in their field. Right. Um, there are things uh, that will help enhance them overall, and they see that you are concerned about them and that they are not just a robot or instrument in your organization. It will help them to feel better, and a lot of times you can get better productivity out of that. If you're an organization where you don't have the training funding funds available, try to keep encouraging and uh, your employees and then acknowledging uh, a good job when they do it. I mean, if it's yeah. no more than a, a, a pat on the back or, hey, you're doing a good job, thumbs up, something to encourage them so that they they realize that you are seeing what they are doing. Um, let them know that you want them to succeed. Let them know that they are part of the overall big picture, not just a, a, a speck on the wall, but what they're doing is important to the finished product that the operation is doing. So it's just a part of keep encouraging, keep pushing, keep talking with them, uh, positive and negative. And like I say, even with the negative situation, you don't have to be that dictator or the tyrant to try to come down on them hard. You can be professional because you'd want somebody to talk to you professionally and just right. try to keep those doors of communication 
open, but keep encouraging, keep trying to let them know that we may not have this as far as the department and monies, but there are things we can do, and I'm continually supporting and trying to fight your battles up the, up the chain of command. Yes, absolutely. You I know, would, uh-huh, go on, Valerie. I would add, too, and it's something we've talked about a lot recently, Dr. G, and that is give people space within the work environment to think, to have downtime, uh, to decompress in the work environment, that in and of itself is like a ton uh, lifted off because people often, especially as we talk about uh, decreasing resources, people are doing a lot in a in, in the time frame there in the work environment, and we don't often give them planning time, thinking time, reading time, decompression time that allows them to be creative and innovative and look at their position from a different perspective. So I think also some space within the workday to be free to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Valerie, I'll echo much of what you and Charles are saying as I'm kind of hearing this conversation. I have like lots of little light bulbs uh, popping up. One light bulb was, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, supervisors, managers will feel like, oh, my gosh, the most difficult part of my job is dealing with employees. If they didn't have employees to deal with, I'd get so much done. And in reality, I always tell supervisors and managers, well, quite frankly, if, if employees could come and we give them orientation on day one and they did everything you need to have them do forever, there would be no need for managers and supervisors. Mm-hmm. So thank your employees mm-hmm. that they constantly need to be developed, encouraged, right. and engaged because if that wasn't the case, there would be no need for what many of us bring uh, to the workplace. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so it's an important element. Valerie, I love what you're talking about with regards to providing time because um, so often we miss out on opportunities for learning because we do, 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 and there's no time to reflect mm-hmm. and to, from that reflection, refine and uh, plan um, for improvement. So that becomes real important with regards to supporting uh, development. And, you know, I probably have said a million times on the show, and I'll just echo it again, as supervisors and managers are always assessing what employees need from us as relates to support. If there's mm-hmm. a motivation issue, if there's a confidence issue, mm-hmm. that's a signal that what we need to figure out is how do we support them, be it with um, encouraging words or um, you know, a practice field and then saying great job after they practice whatever it is that we've trying to build their confidence in doing, or if it's a competence issue or a skill issue, they're providing them with the direction or the instruction. Sometimes that direction instruction will come from us. Sometimes it comes from what Charles talked about with be it a training, Mm -hmm. be it pairing them up with the senior person who has that skill, Mm -hmm. but recognizing what they need as it relates to support and direction, and then figuring out how do we make it available Mm -hmm. for their development. Mm -hmm. Another thing I would definitely say as far as the managers, get out of your office. Don't be so secluded back there. Yes, we know that your desk is full and you got so much to do, but you have to communicate with your employees. They have to see that you are a part of the team and you're not alienated from them Mm -hmm. and that you care. Yeah. yeah, and that is, and you know, I hear that from guests uh, repeatedly. I think uh, we heard that uh, last week, uh, Valerie, with Larry Gardner. Absolutely. Uh, really encouraging managers get out of the office, 
get connected, be in tune. And the other thing, uh, Charles, that you just said, I care, which Valerie, you said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Absolutely. That's right. Caring is right. such an important piece mm-hmm. of that leadership process. That's Valerie, right. closing thought from yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say, too, not only do we need to get out of our office, but sometimes we need to let employees come in our office and give them our chair and tell them to tell us what they would do and what they're thinking about as it relates to the department and the work we're doing and what's in front of us. And it gives them a different perspective in terms of how things need to happen and what they can do uh, even in their own role to support the work. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of switching the script a little bit. Absolutely. Um, We have about 30 seconds to closing. Charles, is there a final word from yourself? Uh, Just be fair, open, and honest. Uh, Communications is, is a key role even if your castle is doomed as far as it's it's foggy, create a shining light in your area and uh, be fair, be open, be progressive, talk about um, ways to help employees and just be pos- keep being positive. Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Charles and Valerie, both for being with us today. My pleasure. And thank, thank you. you to our listening audience and those that sent in our email um, messages and asked questions. We ask you to continue to do that. And please join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.